Hey, podcast friends, as you guys know, we don't always just present the latest, most up-to-date medical information. Sometimes we present interesting and bizarre medical historical facts just to lighten the mood. Well, it's like the Dos Equis beer commercial says, let's keep things uh, interessante. Well, in this podcast, we're going to cover a bizarre medical treatment that was pretty popular in the mid-18th century. And it actually is where we get the common colloquial term of, hey, are you just blowing smoke up my um, derriere? That's right. In this session, we're going to cover the bizarre historical medical treatment of blowing smoke up somebody's rear. Hang in there. It gets worse. Most of us have heard and are familiar with the common colloquial expression about blowing smoke up someone's uh, rear end, which usually means that they're being flattered dishonestly, usually for personal gain. But did you know that that colloquial expression actually has a root in a real medical practice, and it has to do with drowning. Now, before the mid-18th century, falling into a body of water and being unable to swim surely meant death, even if the victim was rescued, because there was no clearly agreed-upon method to revive the unconscious patient. Mouth-to-mouth resuscitation was still a relatively new and novel concept, and modern CPR techniques were still centuries away. It was in 1745 when the English physician John Fothergill actually gave the first lecture on mouth-to-mouth ventilation, citing the work of another physician, which was actually a Scottish surgeon named William Tossich, who once revived a patient who was overcome by smoke. Before long, blowing air into the lungs of drowned victims became the general procedure. However, around the same time that John Fothergill gave his lecture, word got out that North American Indians had used tobacco as a medicine to cure a variety of ailments. Apart from inhaling the smoke of burned tobacco leaves, another procedure was blowing smoke up through the rectum. European doctors thought this sounded like a great idea to revive drowned victims because smoke is warm and drowned people needed warmth. So in 1745, the same year that John Fothergill actually lectured on mouth-to-mouth ventilation, Richard Mead was among the first known Westerners to suggest that administering tobacco via a rectal enema was an effective way to resuscitate drowned victims. Since the proposal by Richard Mead in 1745 until 1774, the practice grained momentum. In 1774, William Hawes, who was a physician from London, along with Thomas Cogan, another physician from London, actually formed a medical society that specialized in the use of tobacco smoke enemas. They formed a group called the Institution for Affording Immediate Relief to persons apparently dead from drowning. This group later became the Royal Humane Society and was known to propagate and promote the use of tobacco smoke enemas. Alright, now if you're like me, you're pretty curious about how this procedure was actually done. Well, I'm going to tell you when we come back. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, well, just how are you supposed to get smoke up somebody's rectum? Well, smoke was blown up the rectum by inserting a tube. Now, the tube was connected to a fumigator and a bellows, which then compressed forced tobacco smoke into the rectum. Now, sometimes a more direct route to the lungs was taken by forcing the smoke into the nose and mouth, but actually most physicians felt that the rectal method was more effective. Go figure. Although medical museums today still exhibit rectal smoke bellows or pumps for smoke installation in their most rudimentary form back in the mid-18th century, tobacco smoke enemas were not always administered with the aid of such engineered devices. Are you ready? Originally, the smoke was blown up the victim's rectum by whatever was handy, and that included either a regular pipe or direct resuscitator contact. Yep, that's exactly what it sounds like. The resuscitator would take in smoke in the form of a pipe or a large cigar and then directly blow smoke up the rectum. Obviously, direct contact blowing wasn't the most popular form, but it was done and reported in the medical literature. No thanks. Well, just how is this thing supposed to work anyway? What is the whole purpose of thing? What's the mechanism of action? Well, the nicotine in the tobacco was thought to stimulate the victim's heart to beat stronger and faster, thereby encouraging respiration. Remember, CPR was a novel concept at this time. The smoke was also warm, so it was thought to warm the victim, and it was also thought that the smoke would help dry out the person's intestines and internal organs, thereby removing any excess moisture. The treatment was so commonplace that equipment for it was actually stored near all major waterways, much like defibrillators are often stored for use in public areas today. Well, by the end of the 18th century, this became a great panacea. The practice of using tobacco smoke enemas on drowning victims spread so quickly as a popular way to introduce tobacco into the body to treat this drowned patient that it became popular across a variety of medical ailments, including as therapies to treat headache, hernias, respiratory ailments, and even abdominal cramps. Tobacco enemas were even used to treat typhoid fever and during cholera outbreaks when patients were in the final stages of the illness. Well, like all good and not so good things, everything must come to an end. And in 1811, an English scientist by the name of Ben Brody, by animal testing, actually discovered that nicotine was potentially toxic to the cardiac system. So over the next several decades, the popularity of literally blowing smoke up someone's rear end gradually became a thing of the past since there was no way to measure the amount of nicotine being delivered to the patient. Thank goodness that science prevailed and tobacco smoke enemas became a thing of the past. Well, there you go. 
the whole colloquial expression of blowing smoke up someone's rear end was actually a real thing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls. Thank you.